You're listening to Faith in Formation, a podcast of Faith Community Church. This year, we're working our way through the New City Catechism and discussing its implications for our daily lives. Hello, welcome to our first episode. Uh, We'll be taking a few minutes before we jump in um, this year into the New City Catechism, so 52 weeks working through questions and answers. We wanted to first uh, talk about the importance of catechism. So I'm not by myself in doing this. Uh, we have Katie. Oh, Say hi. I, should, I waved. Yeah. Sorry. You guys can't see me. <laughs> We've got John Novak specifically. Hello. And Evan. Catechize your kids. <laughs> so we just wanted to take... Wait, uh, who are you? Uh, I am he who shall not be named, otherwise known as Dexley. Um, I have the privilege of being your pastor most weeks. And we're going to just take the next... You're our pastor every week. Most weeks. Most weeks, it's a privilege. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We're just going to take the next 20, uh, 25 minutes to think before we jump into question and answers as to why we're even doing catechism. Uh, And so I just wanted to open it up to you guys um, on your thoughts. Maybe even maybe share your experience with catechism if you have any or, or how you've interacted with it in the past. Um, I mean, I have honestly limited, um, spent time with catechisms. Obviously, I'm slightly familiar with some of the more fa- uh, famous ones, like the Westminster Catechism, the London Baptist uh, Catechism. But even before we knew we were going to, as a church, dive into the New City Catechism, we started doing the kids' version of the New City Catechism with our three-year-old Frankie. And um, she's seven or eight questions in right now, and she's been picking it up with the uh, question and answer format and learning a lot about just the basics of our faith. I had to, uh, one of the schools I went to growing up, starting in fifth or sixth grade, we had to memorize like three or four, I think it was one of the longer, it was either Westminster or Heidelberg Catechism, and we had to do written tests each week. And so at that point, you know, as a 12, 13 year old, you're literally just memorizing words and spitting them back out. But they're still in there bouncing around because as I've been reading through some of the catechisms, I'm like, oh, wait, I kind of know that. So that's it. Yeah, my first experience with catechisms was right around the pandemic doing church planting program through City to City, which introduced me to the New City Catechism. So we started doing it with our kids sporadically but before that, the only thing, the only context I had for it was from my parents who both grew up Catholic, and they just referenced that that's what they had to do to grow up in the Catholic Church, but no explanation of what it was or why they did it. I'm not, now, do, do you know what uh, catechism the Catholics use? They use, it's called the Catechism of the Catholic Church. Okay, I, yeah, I didn't know. I wasn't sure. I wrote it down. Is it similar to any other, fami- okay. Yeah, do I you know? I don't know what the uh, content is. I'm not familiar is. with the okay. Catholic Church's catechism. Why do you think, in conversations that I've had with other fellow Protestants, 
who aren't super familiar with cate- the process of catechesis. Is that the right version of the word catechism? But there seems <laughs> to be like a, um, a posture of like, ooh, that's spooky and Catholic. We don't do that as Protestants. Why do you think that is? Well, I think it's the same as why kids grow up hating math. Because it's taught without any meaning behind it. It's just a function of something you have to do. So it's completely abstract. And maybe Catholics would say differently. But that's the, that's the general tone that I got from my parents was, like you were talking about with your tests, that it's just something that you have to do and get it, get it over with like any other portion of your education. I think also um, the fact that it's an extra biblical source of theology and teaching. Um, obviously, there is nothing wrong with that, but a lot of people don't like the fact that we can people will base their their belief and their faith off of extra biblical sources. But the Catechism obviously was written by man, um, but with biblical sources. It was based off of Scripture. In fact, each question has at least one supporting Scripture to show where we get the question and answer from. Um, But some people are still at times skeptical of using this as a source of teaching and not just teaching straight from the Bible. I feel like that kind of segues into maybe what you were going to talk about next is what they, what catechisms are and why we have them. Wow. Thank you, John. Thank you. Well, I was, that was a a great segue. I'm not, I'm not going to go down that path because I was going to just share real quick that my experience uh, with catechism is a non-experience. So I grew up um, not really having any kind of formal catechism. My parents, we would do certain catechizing things. So we would sing the same hymns on a regular basis, sing, uh, say like specific prayers. But that kind of working through a format of question and answer that's meant to deal with doctrine, biblical theology, um, spiritual experience, we didn't really have that at all. Um, I do wonder, I, I think in terms of the sort of pushback on catechism, might I, I, maybe in this region anyway, I think could stem from the heavy Catholic influence. A lot of people I knew growing up uh, came out of the Catholic Church, and because, and a lot of them came, so a lot of them would have entered into uh, traditions that don't have a lot of experience in catechism. So if you're not Presbyterian um, or Anglican, um, or Lutheran, then you probably don't do catechism. And so if you're coming into a Pentecostal tradition, a Baptist tradition, we don't really do that a ton. Mm-hmm. And so your only experience with catechism is in your per, this sort of negative perceived um, forming in the Catholic Church. So I think sometimes it can be seen as a, oh, back to something that I don't think is good, um, and not realizing that catechism is actually really old, um, when, so when I was looking into it, the first the kind of technical catechism would be the Didache. Was that the right way to say that? Didache. Didache. Mm-hmm. Is it Didache? I don't I've, think it's Didache. I've heard, I've heard Didache. Yeah. yeah. Um, That's fun. But that actually <laughs> would have been written around like 60 to 85 AD. Mm-hmm. And so the, the question and answer format was more popularized by Luther, so further down. Mm-hmm. But the idea of having some sort of written apologetic mm-hmm. of the Christian faith is extremely old. Well, and I was doing some research because I think this ties into the creeds as well. And I was listening to someone, I don't remember who it was, but they were talking about how the 
the creeds were developed to combat heresy, which always stems from within the church because what was happening was the heretics were creeping into the church and they're using biblical language, but they're twisting the meaning of each word or the ideas. And so the idea of the creeds, I think, and the catechisms too, is they're using extra biblical language to summarize either principles or doctrines that are biblical because it was something that the heretics couldn't then twist the words. It was very clear what was being stated as far as doctrine. Um, and that was a really, that was really helpful for me because I, I had that same approach to creeds, like, oh, that's old or that's not helpful. We don't need that. We have the Bible. We can just study the Bible, which is also a really good thing. But I think the way that it summarizes what we believe and with the catechism, the question and answer, turning it into dialogue, it's helpful. Right. And I would say, um, obviously, they, we should use catechisms and other sources as tools. And I agree with you, but obviously there are different catechisms like the Westminster and the London Baptist, they diverge on certain issues, uh, specifically baptism. So obviously there are issues that we should go back to the Bible for, even um, with using these tools to just strengthen our faith and understanding as we go forward, and even raise our kids with these these tools to help them learn answering questions as they grow up in our homes as well. I do think it's important to think that, to realize that old is usually good Mm -hmm. when it comes to the church, that if something's been done for a really long time, we shouldn't ignore that. catechism is more has been more recently lost this process of doing i mean again not within the presbyterian church uh zorabel who all of you should know grew up in this tradition and so if you ask her one of the questions of the westminster confession or westminster shorter catechism which you should um she at one point had them all memorized she grew up in that tradition but for i think most of us that are this table besides katie um, didn't have that experience. But it's good to realize these are old. So like the Anglican Book of Common Prayer had a catechism in it that was written in 1549, mm-hmm. Heidelberg, 1563, Westminster Shorter and Larger, 1646, 1647. Um, and so these are old and were utilized, um, as Katie said, in part to combat heresy. They were also used, utilized to explain the gospel. Um, and they were just used for discipleship. Um, as Evan shared earlier, uh, his daughters are already engaging with this, mm-hmm. and they may not understand everything, but he's discipling them uh, with these question and a- this question and answer format that's forming them. It's forming their beliefs, mm-hmm. um, even if they don't realize that right now. And just add one comment too on how these older things are good. Truth doesn't change. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. I was listening to um, Tim Keller. Um, the, the short little video clips where he's a, a, he's introducing the New City Catechism and he was talking, he was explaining how he must have received a lot of questions of like, well, why change them? Why shorten them? And he said that catechisms should change over time because they should be a response to culture. They should be um, a training ground for both apologetics and doctrinal training um, for people of all ages, not just children. But that was a really interesting concept I have never heard. Um, and that was encouraging to me that these these catechisms that we're going to be working through have been thought through. Um, and a lot of them are pulled through from the, the older ones. But, I mean, you were sitting there. You were listening to that with me. Um, I don't remember that specific one. I know that one of the things that we talked through in the 
city to city program that I think ties along with this is the way that he frames the idea of catechism is looking at it from a perspective of kids are being catechized not only kids. Evan got me on the kids track. <laughs> <laughs> we are being catechized. Every catechize your kids. Day. Catechize <laughs> those kids. Catechize your kids. Also, I want to say, I think we're down that path now. <laughs> <laughs> but we are being catechized every single day. Mm-hmm. And so the catechism that we use to define and anchor our faith is a response to that. And he used the word inoculation. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that is very top of mind for us, especially now, uh, over the past three years, everyone's talking about, you know, vaccinations and boosters, that idea of re-upping, of redosing, reapplying, reinforcing a, something that you're fortifying your health with is very top of mind for us right now. And I think it's really helpful to think about catechisms, reinforcing our souls, reinforcing our faith, reminding us because we're, I mean, the, the the numbers are out there. I talk about all the time how many how many ads we see a day, how many messages we see a day, um, and when we compare that to how many spiritual messages we hear a day, how many messages or ideas that we hear from Scripture is much less. Hmm. So catechism is a way to kind of ground us on a daily basis. Right, because Paul. Uh, at the end of Philippians 4, um, when he's giving the church at Philippi his final exhortations, he reminds them to not only follow his example um, as he follows Christ, but he also tells them to think upon heavenly things, things that are just and honorable and things that are good as for us to think of as Christians. And mm-hmm. he wouldn't be saying that, you know, when he gives that exhortation, the implication is that there's bad stuff we can put into our minds as mm-hmm. well. And there's almost the idea there of you are what you eat. You know, you are what you put into your mind. That's what's going to come out. Um, and so it's important for our kids as we raise them, but even, yes, us as adults, as Christians in the church, to continually to be putting good things into our mind um, because that's what will come out is whether or not we let the world and the love of the world dominate our minds, our thoughts, our actions, mm-hmm. or if it's our knowledge and love of God and our lives for him. Yeah, it's Psalm 1. It's Proverbs 1 through 3. It's forget is it Colossians I was just looking for it. set your mind on your oh set your mind on yep. things above mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. yeah we're always reminded to direct our direct our mind and direct our thoughts yeah I think the art of meditation and memorization are lost to us and mm-hmm. so we live in a very fast-paced culture um, and I don't think we recognize how much we're being formed um, in that sort of busyness. I think we can even assume that we're not really being affected by the things we're, particularly because we're just moving, 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 moving. But um, I think what catechism does is it it allows a process of meditation to begin Mm -hmm. as you engage with these questions and answers. Because one of the things we're hoping for is that you don't just memorize to memorize, but you think about what you're memorizing, which is partly why we're trying to even give you this podcast, because we want to interact more with these questions and answers, because we in meditation you interact with the um, with these passages and answers, and so I mean, so uh, I've made the point of if you were to work through uh, as Baptists, if you work to the Westminster uh, shorter, you'd get to those questions around baptism, and you'd have to interact with them mm-hmm. and decide: do you agree with this or not? Um, Quick and so question: um, I love how the New City Catechism that we're working through 
has a scripture passage tied directly to each point. I don't have any familiarity with other catechisms. Is that the same in others, where it's there's a, a Bible reference for each point or each idea in the catechism? Typically, yeah, most of them have multiple, one or multiple yeah, verses okay. tied yeah. to the to the issue at hand. Right. I think the New City just conde- was trying to mm-hmm. kind of keep it shorter. Yeah. Because um, we have short attention spans. <laughs> I think. Well, ul- what, what? I wasn't listening. <laughs> <laughs> I think ultimately what it's doing is it can feel quite sterile in the process, especially mm-hmm. when you get old like me and memorization is really hard. But when you have those truths ingrained in your mind and your emotions start going to and fro, you can rely on what you know to be true. And that's the same for scripture memorization. But I think memorizing these doctrines summarized so. Um, succinctly, I, I think that can be really helpful for us um, as a, um, yeah, I guess just foundational building blocks because I think it enriches, it's it's like, Dexley, as you're preaching through the New Testament and, you know, our women are studying the Old Testament, the more we know the Old Testament, the more your New Testament preaching is enriched for us because we have that foundational understanding. And I think that's what catechisms can do for us as we interact with the word, as we already have that truth summarized and understood in the back of our brains, maybe even understood just at an elementary less level. Um, I think it helps It helps to build up our faith. Mm-hmm. Um, I wrote down a quote from J.I. Packer from one of his books, um, Taking God Seriously. He says that the intended end product of catechesis is Christians who know their faith can explain it to both inquirers and sustain it against skeptics and can put it to work in evangelism, church fellowship, and the many forms of service to God and man for which circumstances call. So it's the training up in both orthodoxy, what do we know to be true, what is the faith, and as as well as, you know, living it out, obedience, what does it mean, what are the implications for that? Because we're not just hoarding knowledge for the sake of gathering Mm -hmm. knowledge in our brains, it should transform us, right? Can I list my, my rhyming words now? <laughs> As a new creation, we gather information for transformation. Thank you. Thank That's you. All. Period. Wonderful. Wonderful. <laughs> Glorious. Um, so I think uh, just wanting to help you guys understand as we work through the New City Catechism how it's structured for you. So um, 52 questions, which if you don't know, is much shorter um, than most catechisms. Uh, the Heidelberg is 129 questions. The Westminster shorter is 107, and the larger is 196. So they're really trying to condense this and making it practical by making it 52 weeks so you can do one a week um, through the year. But part one, the first 20 questions deal with God, creation, and fall, and law. So those are the the way the questions will be centered around. Um, Part two, 15 questions on Christ, redemption, and grace. And then part three, the last 17 questions on the spirit, restoration, and growing in grace. And so we're going to be, yeah, just working through these one week at a time. As a church, on Sundays we'll recite them, uh, in life groups we'll recite them, in women's Bible study, in our different gatherings. I want to encourage you, go up to one another and ask each other the questions and look for the answer. It's good. It makes us, it puts, keeps us on our toes. It encourages us to do what we should be doing, which is, really seeking to meditate and dwell on these answers and the passages that correspond. So we'll recite the answers and the passages uh, that co- uh, relate to it. Um, were there any resources you guys in terms of, yeah, the, the catechisms or um, 
anything around this topic that you would recommend? There's a really good book. <laughs> what is That's it? It's been very, very helpful for me. Yeah. Uh, the Bible. Oh, interesting. <laughs> Check it out. Um, there's an app for that. <laughs> the free News and Catechism, Catechism app is both beautiful and functional, and I really like it. I was just going to say, I was glancing at the uh, the catechism that we have passed out at church, the booklet. Um, it gives some tips in the book front of the church for memorization, like repeating the questions out loud, uh, walking around while you do it, and just do it over and over and over until you learn it. And I would say, as someone who spent some time memorizing things in the past, um, it definitely helps uh, just to keep doing it over and over. And that's why I think, you know, even Dex Lee's comment, just to go and ask each other, it's just... Uh, be prepared, um, even as you know Peter writes in First Peter. Mm. But in your hearts, honor Christ's Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to mm. anyone who asks you for the reason of the hope that is in you. Mm. Well, that's good. As an encouragement, I think we memorize stuff every day. We just don't think that we're memorizing it. And so it's easy to say, oh, I can't memorize things or it's too hard. But I think if we go into it with more optimism than that, it'll come a lot easier. And it might be hard, but we do rely on the Spirit. And that's okay. And that's okay. We rely on the Spirit. I mean, when we're, we're engaging with truth and good things, and so I think there's a place of dependence where we can lean on Him uh, to give us this, yeah, the ability and the grace to do what we cannot do normally. It's hard. It's work. But it is simple. Uh, that's true. That's the end. <laughs> that's the end. I well, was going to recommend. Um, so there's a book. Uh, it's by Chad Van Dixhorn. I think that's how you pronounce it. Um, but he wrote, I think that's how you say it. He wrote a book, or he didn't write a book. He put a book together called Creeds, Confessions, and Catechisms. Mm-hmm. So in this book are essentially every creed, every catechism, every confession that's been written, um, every orthodox one that's been written um, in the last about 2,000 years. Um, so you have the Apostles' Creed, the Nicene Creed, Chalcedonian Definition, Westminster Confession of Faith, London Baptist Confession. All, and so he has these all written. He has a page where he explains the history of it, and then you can read it. And so me and Bree have actually been one at a time, just been working through these. I think these could be very helpful for you. Um, would also encourage you to grab uh, the book, uh, New City Catechism, that we, we've been passing out, um, the uh, app as well. And, yeah, in terms of memorization, I, I think, yeah, it really is simple. Just do it. Uh, do it and see what happens. Uh, there is no harm in trying to engage um, in seeing what the Lord will do with that truth. Any final th- – oh, actually, I do have – there is – and we'll put it in the – Katie will put it in the uh, show, show notes. notes. Uh, but there's an article by a guy named Joe Carter on nine things you should know about catechism. It's on the Gospel Coalition website. I think it's, it's a short read. Uh, it's worth reading. Uh, you can learn a little bit more about the history of catechism, just some of the different ways it's been used and, um, yeah, why it's beneficial. Excellent. Any final thoughts? Catechize your kids. <laughs> uh, well, that is the introduction to catechism. So next episode, which will come out at the same time as this one, actually, we're going to be uh, hitting up question one, uh, which is, anyone know what question one is? What is our only hope in life and death? Yes. And we're not going to spoil the answer. So you have to listen to the next episode to find out. Bye.